0: Hi and welcome to Western Right Convert Sations, a podcast where two friends and converts discuss living their orthodox faith in an unorthodox world. Here are your hosts, Karen and Stephanie. Okay. Almighty God, our help and refuge, who knows that we can do nothing right without your guidance and help, direct us by your wisdom and power that we may accomplish this task and whatever we do according to your divine will, so that it may be beneficial to us and to others, to the glory of your holy name. Amen.
1: Let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. Amen.
0: I have to say, it feels so good to be back in this little holy huddle with you. Because... (laughs) This weekend, I, um, had some worldly things to attend to. Oh, challenges. (laughs) Challenges. And as you know, I live a very cloistered life. (laughs) I love that. I do. I really have separated myself in a lot of ways from the world. And and I Mm -hmm. spend endless hours alone every single day, Mm. just me and God. Right. And me and my insane thoughts.
1: I I, I wish I could say I do the same. That's awesome. Well, I
0: think my lifestyle affords me that. Mm -hmm. And I know that not everybody's does. And I'm extremely grateful for it. And I I have worked to order it to be that way as well. But it's also just the circumstances of my life. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I really don't rub shoulders a lot with the world as little as possible <laughs> so this weekend i was at two things i was at a wedding related event and then i was at uh, a board meeting for an organization oh yes and i could not, i i'm very happy to be back here with you <laughs> Alone, recording in a bedroom that is, doesn't that has, belong to either one of us. And
1: has great acoustics. And a house that doesn't belong to
0: either one of us. Right. Uh, I have a key to and I let us in. Thank you, my dear, beloved cousin. She has no idea we're here in her bedroom recording. But mi casa su casa.
1: Right. Well, she's she's extended it to us before. She has. So. But, yeah, it's uh, it was uh,
0: it was very spiritually challenging.
1: I can imagine rubbing shoulders, as you say, with, with people in the world can feel abrasive. That's a, like that's the picture. The, that's abrasive. The feeling that I would have in my mind if you're not accustomed to that. That's not like mm-hmm. the way you roll all the time or that's not just your everyday experience. If every day you're spending more and more time with God alone... Than when you do get out with the world, and I, I can imagine that's what the desert fathers or the mm. hermits felt like when they actually had to come in contact with people. It was like a huge sacrifice. They were yeah, like, really. "Okay, God, I'm doing this for you," but <laughs> but it was you know it was definitely a, a hardship, or or a struggle, a trial, a challenge yes. to oh, be Allah. to be with someone.
0: When I years ago went away to Corsico, yeah, that weekend, yeah. um, Gosh, it's been uh, uh, almost ten years or over ten years now. I can't believe. I know it's, it's been crazy. that crazy. But so I was there for this weekend, and I had the most profound moments with God that I've ever had so far, huh. where it was. I could go into great detail if I want. I'll just sum it up with saying, holy cow, God showed himself to me in such a profound way and just washed over me and the presence was before me. And and so when I came home from that weekend, I felt like a battered dog, like cowering <laughs> at the world. I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't watch. TV. I couldn't do anything. My husband said, what the heck is wrong with you? Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to someone, I don't think I'm ever going to feel normal here again. Mm -hmm. I can't stand the sight or sounds of anything. Oh, I know. And it took such a long time to readjust. And she said, no, no, you'll be fine in time. And I didn't believe her. I thought, no, I'm just never going to settle back into a normal life. That experience has ruined me (laughs) for the rest of my (laughs) days on this earth. And of course I did. You reacclimate, of course. Right. And so after but, this weekend, I thought of that. I was reminded of that. It w- I didn't.
1: You had an otherworldly experience at Crescio. Mm. And the reentry was. was... <laughs> the
0: reentry was like hazing into a sorority. <laughs> <laughs> it was gruesome. <laughs> and I kind of felt that way a little bit coming out of this weekend, just that. Ugh. I don't know, just not wanting, I don't, I have a hard time, um, what does it be in this world, but not
1: of it. I have yes. a hard time
0: with being in the world mm-hmm. I, and obviously I hate- we all struggle with the not of it part. We're growing in that every day, right. but I have a much easier time of not being of the world than being in it. And that is mm-hmm. one half of what we're told to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time with that.
1: I wouldn't even say it's half. It goes back and forth. From being, I mean, you could have like, you feel like you just have one toe in the world, and the rest of you is, 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 of the world and somewhere else, mm. you know, yeah. or not of them, sorry in the world, but not of the world. Right. I know so, what you're yeah. So you you feel like you're just you're there's so little of you in the world, or so little of you. Of the world maybe If any mm. Right Um, If you're If you've completely Distanced yourself From being of the world Right Then being in it is It's a challenge oh, Yeah it was I felt tested on
0: every level Participating In those two activities
1: mm-hmm. uh, I don't know it's not definitely not what you're used to. No, it's not what I'm used to. So you're in. And a-
0: I and I realized how bad I stink at bringing the gospel with me. I I didn't act oh. out, and I was oh. behaving in a way that was polite.
1: But inside, I was coming <laughs> undone. <laughs> you had to behave. I wanted oh to <laughs> scream, at the, top of your scream lungs. at the top
0: of my lungs and flip tables and <laughs> yes,
1: like wait, cause a racket. Wait, oh, I just have to tell you, I read a meme. You oh know, gosh. I I am not. I don't have Snap. I don't have Instagram. Any of that stuff. <laughs> and you, but you know, our kids do, and not mine anyway. Yours don't have. You don't have to have any social media. I have fallen off the wagon there. Um, <laughs> anyway, my kids are so into meme culture and for the good and the worst, for the better for worse. They um they have they have um memes that they or not memes, but Snap or Insta I think it's Instagrams that are orthodox. Mm-hmm. Instagrams and so uh, they follow young people or or friends who specifically just do orthodox memes. Mm-hmm. And so it's cute and funny. Because it it adds humor and brevity to mm. their orthodox experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but there's this one I read. It said, "What would Jesus do the next time someone asks you, "What would Jesus do?" Just remember. Freaking out and flipping tables is a viable option. <laughs> <laughs> Which
0: is so ironic because I right? feel so un-Jesus-like.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny.
0: Right?
1: Yeah. So I mean, you you do get a sense of being undone when you're in an experience that's, that doesn't feel... Um, of the of the other world that you are a part of, it's of this world that we're in mm. that you aren't a part of, but you're participating in. You you aren't a part of it, but you must participate in it. Mm. I don't. Mm. Yeah, and I
0: don't want to. Mm. Hmm. I don't want to. to. I don't know how
1: to. I need direction. <laughs> <The> <laughs> can, can we say that we're not a part of it? We're not a part of this world, but we must participate in it? Well, there are clearly people who choose not to participate in it when you're a hermit or If you're live on to this Earth.
0: planet, though, you're participating in this world.
1: Yeah, for the most part. Unless, you've, um, unless you the- are <laughs> completely cloistered and a hermit. You well, know?
0: You're still breathing the air of this world, which is not what it will be in heaven. True. You're still seeing
1: death among nature. You can make it as little as possible, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You hear about... They just have a different experience of this world than those of us that are not cloistered. Mm -hmm. They're still in... In this world
1: physically in this
0: world and i think sure. no matter what that torment and longing for home is still in there. absolutely
1: oh yeah i think as christians we all experience that to a certain degree mm-hmm. and it depends on our i think it depends on our level of participation in mm-hmm. the world <laughs> um i'm sorry you're probably going somewhere else i hijacked your
0: <laughs> no you didn't no, not at all. Actually, this kind of, I was just going to say, I'm just happy to be back here and move on, but it does kind of uh, tie into what we were going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. So I'll read, I have a couple of quotes I want to share, and that will sort of set the stage for our intention. So the first is from Elder, I'm going to say this wrong, Elder Pisos of Mount Athos. Mm-hmm. Yes. It says, I have realized that the destruction of man lies in the abundance of material goods because it prevents him from experiencing the presence of God and appreciating his benevolence. If you want to take someone away from God, give him plenty of material goods. Yes. He will instantly forget him forever.
1: Ooh.
0: That is
1: powerful. We need
0: to pause because... <laughs> And that really, really speaks to something, one of the events I was at this weekend, Mm -hmm. which in my opinion was so indulgent of Mm -hmm. all things worldly, money and gifts and attention and self-gratification and yeah. And I looked around and I was Mm -hmm. angry, Mm -hmm. angry because this is all so wrong and Mm -hmm. this is all such a lie. And God, not that he's not there, he's in all things, but right. he wasn't in that. He wasn't in that pursuit that they were striving towards.
1: Mm.
0: And it was so, it was just so clear because a couple of the people involved who by any measure have abundant earthly wealth. Yes. Yes really have everything you could want in this life materially they want for nothing want for nothing have in my uh-huh. opinion above and beyond uh-huh. in the form of a vehicle the form of a house their their clothing their looks their bank account their just their everyday life experiences where they eat where they travel it's i don't think they could want for another thing and yet such a tremendous amount of internal unrest
1: oh. that I'm
0: only recently becoming sensitive to in others. Yes. And now I can be with someone and see that much more clearly. And so I had a few interactions with some of the, the people there that have all this material wealth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was such a sorrow listening to them speak. I thought, oh... Look how sad they really are inside. Mm -hmm. Just the language they used, the behavior. um, Just everything about the way they spoke and acted that day. Uh, It brought on heartache. Mm. Because I thought, wow. And we know, we know, we know that our treasures are to be built up in heaven. Yeah. And it's so painful to see when people are unaware of that and scrambling so desperately to build up treasure here to try and make their life worth something and give themselves a sense of value
1: as a human. Wow. It was hard. It's it's but for you to for your eyes to be opened to see that mm. gives you a perspective as to what is really going on yes
0: yes i'm very grateful that god is solely
1: opening my eyes to that hmm because it gives you more compassion, compassion. exactly yeah i mean it's like that holy rage that you're having yeah you know <laughs> it's good but it has led you to the compassion right for for others yeah which is really where um we we're, we're really called to is is loving people and finding out how we can help people. Well, you can't love I can't love someone from a place of
0: anger. Right. I have to come to that place of compassion and sorrow mm-hmm. and and in order to love and want to heal and offer something
1: that can heal that person. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of a book that I have never finished. Called for the love of the world. I think that's Alexander. What? Oh, okay. Father, Father Alexander. Alexander. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because. Um, it's just so important to have that. Because um, I think more we, the more we feel. It's, it's important to have that love. Because the more we feel that anger. Or judgment mm. towards people. The less we're able to love them and have compassion for them. So, but, but I mean, in the same way, you got to a point of such discontent, mm. and then somehow God flipped that over in you to compassion. I wish I could, I wish I could.
0: Skip the anger. I, I realize mm-hmm. I have, like, especially in doing this podcast with you, I have got a major anger issue. I
1: just... I know. I, just, <laughs> I never
0: heard it. Like <laughs> keep saying to you how angry I'm getting all the time. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I want to be able to get to a place where I'm skipping past the anger mm-hmm. and
1: going straight to love. I wonder if God has anger like that. Yeah, I... Well... When I think about, our, you know, the emotions that we express, sometimes I wonder you know, what part of the emotions that we express are of God and and what are not of God. And then, you know, what, what, or, or what is being what we are modeling that God has put in us, you no, know, that's it, a good point.
0: Emotion. That's a good point because I, I have in my mind that anger is bad. And if I'm yeah. feeling anger, I'm bad yeah. and it's all wrong.
1: But, I mean, God does get angry. Of course. (laughs) He (laughs) does. Right. So. Mm. He does.
0: And I guess it's what we do with the anger, right? Right. That determines sinning with it. uh, You know, using the anger to fuel sin or using that anger somehow to fuel love and action. Right. But yeah, I have noticed that every time we're getting together I'm talking about how angry I am. <laughs> I I noticed it too. <laughs> oh gosh. This is why I need to stay hidden in this bedroom with you <laughs> forever. So I stop Don't getting angry. <laughs> so I'm gonna read two other quotes. One is from um Will Rogers, who apparently is an old Hollywood actor. Yeah. It says, too many people spend money they haven't earned to buy things that they don't want to impress people they don't like. And another is, if you have to buy stuff to store your stuff, you might have too much stuff.
1: I love how you threw this accent in there. Okay. <laughs> yes, you did. I heard this. If you have too much stuff. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs>
0: if you have to buy stuff to store your stuff, you might have too much stuff. <laughs>
1: have to, well, that, don't... I mean that's really an issue that I have. I have so much stuff um, and no space, and i I have a cluttering issue, mm-hmm. and we've um, been dealing with that for i don't even know how long um, in different severities, but um the stuff I, it's, it's, I see it in myself, but i I do see it in our culture in general well I that's mean, it the we goal have...
0: of our culture is to accumulate stuff, stuff.
1: Well, I have two things to say on that um, one is one of my favorite veggie tales was Madame Blueberry mm-hmm. and Madame Blueberry um, uh, has an issue with a place and I'm not going to name any names because we've both been there before because <laughs> it's one of my favorite places to go but in the, in the Tail episode the place she goes we're just going to call it stuff mart mm-hmm.
0: oh okay now i know where you're going <laughs> yes
1: and she lives in this beautiful little cottage tree house and she goes to stuff mart and she's just buying stuff and buying stuff and buying stuff she eventually leaves with probably 30 carts worth of stuff and she puts them in her house and then her house can't stand her mm-hmm. house falls over not only there's a fall over because it's in a tree, it becomes like a slingshot, and and everything in her, her whole house ends up falling over and then like flying out Chewing of the out. tree. <laughs> yes. um, but it, it's it was a, in the story, it's, she learns about you know um, you don't need stuff to make your heart happy. You just need love to, to make to have a happy heart. And, but I look at myself and and culture around us, people have other places to store their stuff. So, like, they'll have a home and then they'll have so much stuff that can't fit in their home that they have to pay for a storage unit. Mm-hmm. And, or, oh, I mean, a whole nother issue I think it's comical that our culture has houses for our cars, mm-hmm. but that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. but some of our some some people present company included, have so much stuff that the house for my car can't house your car can't house my car mm-hmm. right so um that is an issue in our culture. um I'm wrestling with that and have been praying through that. For some time, and it's one of those two steps forward, one step back um, where i'm I'm wrestling with with being enough in God mm. and um knowing that I am enough in God and I don't need stuff or other things, not just stuff, but maybe other things to prove who I am mm. <clears throat> or to give value to who I am. And that's just um, just the tip of the iceberg for myself, but clearly that's what other people I would venture to say are wrestling with is feeling like they're enough, like their oh, value gosh, yeah. or their worth and the accumulation of stuff. Um And valuable things, the more valuable your thing is, the more valuable you are, you know. Exactly.
0: Um, It gives you a sense of status. Right. And um, we, you know, we all know people that live way beyond their means. And I'm Mm -hmm. one person and comes to my mind who I can see so clearly has such a lack of self-worth and self-value. Right. That... They continue to buy very large ticket items that they can't afford. Mm. To say to the world, look, I am worthy. I am somebody. Look at what I have. I can have this. What I, I have, m- make, you know, the, the amount of money you spend, I guess, or the amount of value in
1: those items says that you mm-hmm. have value. Mm-hmm. And you if, should if, like you, me because I have this. I'm, I'm, I'm worthy or i'm worth more because i have this when in actuality you'll never you'll never if that's what you base your value on you'll never have enough stuff really when you think about it right never. because we are so valuable we are more valuable than those things and that stuff we could never have enough stuff not interesting. It's we insatiable. could never have enough. We, But really, it is, it's insatiable. Really, we could never have enough stuff to show our value. Oh, our true you, value. Right. 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 Think about There's that. There's no amount of things
0: on earth that will be equivalent to our value right. to God.
1: Right. We are priceless to God.
0: He died for us. Right. That's he a gave Pretty us. high value.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> what you're saying, <laughs> um, just a Socrates quote about what you just said. He who's not contented with what he has would not be contented with what he would like to have. Right. And it's that whole thing of <clears throat> and I don't know about you, but the people I know who are who are really, really in a place of trying to accumulate things in order to validate who they are, mm-hmm. it is insatiable. Right. And and it's they're always on to the next thing. Yeah. And it's just a moment of fleeting joy when they accumulate today's item
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it, it's non-stop it's just a non-stop hunger because right. you cannot ever find satisfaction in those things right it is 100 percent a lie and it is 100 percent what's being pumped down our throats in our culture
1: my one of my son's friends and said to me um do you think that you can be satisfied with with in life without God. And I was like, not really. No, I don't think you really can be. Um, I don't think so. Impossible. <clears throat> no, right. I don't think it's. Possible. But you can delude yourself into thinking you're satisfied, and that's what I was alluding to. Yeah. Is that yeah? You can. You can. You can think that all of these things. Are will are satisfying you, but it'll never be enough. You won't be satisfied, content, outside of Christ. Never. Never. So what do you
0: think is, <clears throat> of all your earthly possessions, uh, the one that what? you're most attached to? What? Are you going to ask me that? Yes. Really? Though? I'll answer the question, too. I can't
1: think of anything th- that
0: I... What like, earthly attachment and not... And, attachment and we're talking, possession. We're talking more possessions. Attachment to a physical possession. Do you think... Because I, I love the idea of I'm going to be that girl that just throws on a backpack and goes and hits the streets and like everything I have is in and my that, backpack and, right, I, and that's I, all need I need nothing else. But that's not true because I love hot showers and I love hot cups of coffee and I love all those things (laughs) Yeah, and and I uh yeah so I'm lying to myself I like the idea of it
1: I could I I I have thought about that I've thought about that a few times you know could I just be a nomad mm -hmm, with nothing but my
0: backpack so there's this podcaster I I used to listen to, mm -hmm. and he, although he has a lot of money, he sold all his things, he got rid of all of his items, he's doing this extreme minimalist lifestyle, and all he owns is in his backpack, and what he does is he just goes kind of from a friend's place to another friend's place, to an Airbnb, and so he owns nothing physical. Tangible. Right. He's just sleeping in someone else's bed, sitting Mm -hmm. on someone else's couch, cooking in someone else's kitchen.
1: But... The security in... Is in the money. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So <laughs>
0: people were kind of, oh my gosh, look at what you're doing. That's amazing. And you're just giving up, giving up.
1: Uh... <laughs> I mean, I... Would... That's almost e- easier. You have, to, well, you have to
0: maintain anything. And
1: that's kind of how I, you know, in my head, I know I have... some. I think some people have called it a poverty mindset mm-hmm. where you can't let go of anything. And it's it's not that I that I purchase like that's so how
0: much. You understand poverty mindset.
1: That's not how I understand. It. I understand is that you can't let go of anything so much so that you keep you in this in a terms in a clutterer's okay. mindset okay. is that yeah, poverty mindset is that poverty mindset is something that can fuel a clutterer.
0: Okay. Does that make sense? Well, is it because you're clinging to things out of fear of exactly. being poor?
1: Yes, out of fear of not having what you need.
0: Not having what you okay. Where I was thinking of it more as you don't strive for anything because you think you were put on the earth to
1: be poor. That's another poverty mindset. Okay. Mm-hmm. I I that's another aspect of of the poverty mindset, I think. Um, but I what I, I'm thinking of as a person who deals with keeping stuff and not being able to let go of mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. I do it because I'm afraid I'm not going to have enough. Right. Right. I'm afraid that I'm going to run out of something mm-hmm. and I'm going to be without something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always make sure I have a stash of toilet paper you know <laughs> because god forbid Everything. you ever run out of that <laughs> you know um whereas i know people who just buy six rolls at a time just right and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> i've never <laughs> been it's down.
0: so funny that you bring up toilet paper because obviously you've been to my house i don't know if you noticed but i always have a toilet paper tower in yeah. my bathroom yes i've <laughs> it's like as tall as I am. You know, it's just funny. I, so I can understand because, um, and I and I've always felt like I couldn't understand what you're going through mm-hmm. um, when I was on this bandwagon of I'm going to be a minimalist, primarily with a minimalist yes. wardrobe. Right. Right. I'm going to strip everything down. I'm yes. going minimalist. It's just going to be, you know, basic pieces and so i I really got rid of every single thing that I either did not love the way that it looked on me or it didn't fit mm-hmm. and i I went a step further and even restricted certain colors and patterns and things like that. So when I did that, it was terrifying. That first time, of, right? Yeah, and so I'm like having some compassion for you right now because Aww. I just want to go into your house and like get a dumpster, right? But I know. I get it because I now that I think back to that, it was really, really, really scary.
1: That first, that first instant, that first moment, where you're like, "This is all I have." Well, and
0: I and then I had just <laughs> taken everything out, and it was on my bed. Everything I was going to get rid of, so it was still mm-hmm. technically in the oh, room. Oh wow, in my you still had it. <laughs> but I look back at the closet mm. and there's nothing. And there was a moment of, <gasps> what? What am I gonna do? Who am I? I have yes. no
1: worth. Oh my Ooh, gosh! I'm wow. All that dark stuff came up. Well, that's but it's really deep. That's good that you really got to that point. Oh yeah, I did. Because I don't, I don't get to that point. I get to the point where I'm, I pull it all out and I'm ready to take it to clothing swap. Or take it to the Salvation Army or Goodwill or wherever. Savers, big brothers, big sisters. And and I have to like physically in order to let it go, I have to say, Okay, I this is not beautiful to me anymore. It's not I don't love it anymore. It's not necessary for me anymore. It's gonna bless someone else. I have to go through all of those. Otherwise mm-hmm. I say Oh, I'm gonna need it for this, or I might need it for that. Okay, so it's for really that. intense for
0: you. And I don't, obviously. I
1: don't get to the point where I'm like, oh, I have no, I've, without it, I'm not worthy, or you know, I, I don't even get to that point yet. There was so. So much I, need fear to, in that. I need to, I need to, but I, need to get there. I think there was so much fear. That's the root of it. Of I have nothing, and
0: yeah, it was crazy because logically, give me a break. I can just. Turn around and put all the clothes back in. Or I could go buy something if I really needed it or borrow it. Or...
1: And that's my concern is that I'm not going to have the money mm-hmm. to go out and buy it. Well, I'll tell so you So if I already have it in my closet, why would I get rid of it?
0: Getting rid of it was the greatest thing I ever did. Yes. Not the greatest thing, but one of the greatest things. And <laughs> I did it. I just followed through that day because I made up my mind. And when I make up my mind, I just do something. Right. And got rid of it all. And, and the next week, that first week of adjusting, was mm-hmm. so easy. Right. Everything you, was so simple. There was no decisions to that's be made. Right. I opened the door. I just put on one what of three shirts and go. And, I, and I've... and i Decisions. We, I think when we constrain ourselves like that...
1: Mm-hmm. You give yourself every, too many options. You give yourself so
0: yours. much more freedom. Yeah. If you're only going to shop at a certain store. If you're only going to yeah. eat yes. a certain
1: diet. Right.
0: You just do it, and it's simple. And now you mm-hmm. have all this free time, right?
1: But when we give ourselves so many options, we give ourselves this huge buffet. We make it more difficult.
0: Yeah, but we think we're mm. we're doing ourselves a favor, like, oh, look at me! I have all these choices. I have all this freedom. I'm so great because yeah, I have freedom. all these
1: choices. And you're
0: in shackles
1: <laughs> Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> so anyway, what's your greatest material possession? I now that you've tell bought you. yourself twenty minutes at getting around that topic. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs>
1: Um, I couldn't tell you, but my greatest, my greatest possession, I don't... No, what
0: are you most attached to? What material possession has its tentacles in you most?
1: Oh, that's good. Let's cut to a commercial break (laughs) now. Do you want me to go first? (laughs) Um, I have have I'm totally putting
0: you on the spot, but...
1: No, I don't, I don't mind you putting me on the spot. Um, I just, I don't... I really would have to think about it, and, you know, I take a long time to think.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to answer,
1: because I do know,
0: (laughs) and I think for me it's two things. Okay. Uh, One is, as much as I hate to say this out loud, definitely my phone. Okay. I do all my communicating with people on my phone. I love that everything I need is in one location. My contacts, I can email. Yes. I can text. Right. You know, I can gather information. Mm -hmm. uh, So... I know that I'm too attached to that. Now I could... And there have been times when I have fasted from the
1: phone. I know. You've broken away. For sure.
0: I know you've done that. Many times. And um, life goes on and it's fine and it's good. But I always come back to it. So... And I don't know where that line is between... It's some... Do I just throw it into the sea and walk away and, and live... Without it, because I could make modifications and still have a similar quality of life that I have now, things would just take a little more time and be a little bit more challenging. Or do you live in the world with the phone and keep going through fast so that you kind of loosen that grip?
1: Mm -hmm. Right.
0: And then the other thing I'm extremely attached to is my car. I absolutely love and appreciate every day that I have a driver's license, (laughs) that I have a clean driving record, that I have a vehicle, because to me, that is freedom and solitude is my car. I love being alone in my car. Me too. I absolutely hate driving with other people. (laughs) I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I do. I love to be alone in my car. I don't, I don't, I, yeah.
1: I like to be alone in my car. That it's my, my place. Is me, alone. and I
0: can do and go anywhere I want with that. Mm-hmm. And I am attached to my car mm-hmm. and that freedom that it gives me.
1: Okay. Right. Um. Transportation, mobility. I think is a lot of freedom. There's a lot of freedom in that, and and um, or at least we 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 consider ourselves free. Right. And right. and being able to go places and. Um. It's amazing because I, I I was saying that about my kids learning how to ride their bikes and mm-hmm. being able to get around yep. town with their bikes or even taking the bus. Um, that just having access to going places in, independently is, yeah, it is very um, liberating.
0: If we Maybe. lived in, I think, a place, because I've, I've so, for example, when I went to New York City yeah. last year, yeah. I kept thinking, could I live here? Could I live here? Could I live here? And and
1: a, a completely different lifestyle because it's yes. a city. You don't need right. a car. You you, you can just walk a everywhere. Effect, a car is a huge liability. Right. You, uh, it costs so much money to park your car. It costs so much money to insure your car. I mean, that alone, gas is not a problem because you're not going anywhere. It's the parking it and insuring it, I think, is the biggest Struggle of having one and the kid is sitting. So people, it doesn't make sense to have one. But
0: you also have the convenience of not needing a vehicle. Like That's where right. we live, you know. to get places,
1: driving makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Could I walk? Yes. Could you take public transportation? Able... Could you bike? Yes. yes. But the infrastructure hasn't hasn't quite. They're working on it, but it hasn't quite gotten there where it's has it's it's just as easy. It, it's not there yet where it's just as easy to ride your bike and walk and take public transportation, which, I mean, would be an, I think it would be a great asset. But, um. Yes,
0: I agree. But then I go back to thinking about the Desert Fathers who didn't have anything other than their feet. And <laughs> uh, and I always compare myself to that time, and we don't live in that time, and I have to mm-hmm. remind myself, right. God... Put me on this earth at this time because I I've said to you before I feel no. like I wasn't supposed to be born in this time or but he put you but here he in knew this that this is how the world was going to be and yes. he chose for us to live right in this time you
1: appointed for Karen to live right right within the 20th century and the 21st century mm-hmm. and here you are and so sometimes I wonder well is
0: comparing to the desert fathers and a sense of how they got around a little bit of a stretch because it was. A completely different time where no one else was driving. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I think I'm unhealthily attached to my car.
1: So I was going to ask you. I mean, why? Why is it an unhealthy attachment? Because uh, I, I feel, I feel like it's. But I mean, you know yourself, and and so maybe it is. But I, I think, from what I observe. It doesn't seem to me like it's an unhealthy attachment, even to your phone. Um, I think because I, I know you're you're not on Facebook anymore, right? No. Yeah. So I I, I tend to think that you have a healthy balance with technology. But wouldn't you that be a difference for... between your
0: phone and your and social media? Because true, I could okay. access social media from a laptop.
1: Okay. So, right. But your phone, you don't even hardly use a laptop, though. So your phone is your laptop. It's your desktop. It's your... Mm -hmm. It's... So you... I wish we didn't have to email. I wish we didn't have to talk on the phone. I wish we didn't... I mean, well, what did people... When they didn't have phone, when they didn't have email they wrote letters. Oh, I used to write so many letters. Yeah.
0: Or get to get like right now I'm talking to your face.
1: <laughs> right. You talk to people's faces or you write letters? I mean, so so we're in a day and age where people don't communication is different. Communication is different and and you have to. I mean, unfortunately, See, and that's like a hard if thing. I'm if I'm if I'm looking for a job, right. I have to have my email and my phone readily accessible. My battery can't be dead, right. <laughs> which it has been for <laughs> one, for like a week or two. If anyone doesn't know, I've had, my phone hasn't been able to operate without being plugged in. And, <laughs> which is... That's imp- called an
0: attachment to the wall. <laughs>
1: yes. I mean, when's the last time have you've seen somebody like tethered to the wall with their phone? <laughs> like that's... <from>, like <laughs> That's from the 20th century, right? <laughs> so I... I, it was, that was very, that was a very interesting experiment, not to be able to go anywhere with my phone. Mm-hmm. And so I, I became less attached to my phone mm-hmm. for a moment. Um, and I, I realized, no, I don't need my phone. Right. Like where, we you were saying, you know, you're attached to your phone. I think you could walk away from your phone. You could leave it in the car and walk away. Oh, Yeah. As long as you don't leave it sitting in the sun, yeah. I think that's what happened to mine. I think oh, I left my phone sitting in the sun, and that's where the battery like blew up, and and so it literally was pulling like pushing my phone apart at the seams wow. because it had swollen up so bad. Right. So then, um so I I so what happened was I I couldn't take my phone. It wouldn't work if I unplugged it. Uh-huh. So I couldn't take it into Walmart. I couldn't take it in. To anywhere that there wasn't a plug, or I couldn't take it, so I, would, I was I was completely disconnected for moments at a time, which was really. It showed me something, you know, that I don't have to have my phone, and and it's not, um, and and I didn't take my phone into church at all, <laughs> so I could I completely left it in the car, which is not like me. Um, I, did I miss some messages? Yes, I didn't have my phone during fellowship hour. So for once it was, and I and was completely fine. I didn't, I went, how many hours is liturgy and fellowship? Right. Not even three hours. I mean, if you include parish life or parish council, par, uh, parish council meeting, then that's probably like an attack on another hour. Didn't miss anything besides the world is still sleep under their covers anyway. No, no kidding. <laughs> or if they're not sleep under their covers, or they're, they're in church. Game. Or they're in <laughs> Or at or they're at church too. So, you know um, Okay, so I don't have that level of attachment exactly, to my phone because right? I
0: do leave my phone in the car at church. So I guess I what I'm saying is I rely on what it can offer me in terms of communication Mm -hmm. or memos or notes to self and everything is contained in this one location versus, I don't know, carrying around my Rolodex or my address book or Mm -hmm. stamps and envelopes and that kind of thing. I think it's
1: a matter of technological convenience.
0: It is technological convenience, but I guess I just, I always feel in the back of my mind like, I don't know where this comes from, but I should be able to live my life. Without it. And that what? will prove some level of
1: godliness. <laughs> you don't need to prove that, I
0: know. <laughs> what are you trying to I prove? I am a type A person. Don't I know. I
1: know. Like, what What do I need to prove myself? Ooh.
0: <laughs> what are you uncovering for me?
1: Uh-huh. So what are you uncovering for me? I don't know. What is it? Um... <laughs>
0: And there's other attachments too that are not material things, mm-hmm. and gosh,
1: we well, we could always be uncovering things, peeling that onion away. Mm. Um, I, I, um, I'm I'm still trying to think of what what that attachment or that physical that possession is. I mean, so when I think about you and your phone in your car, I think about I see those as you know. That's how you get to work. That's how you get to church. That's how you...
0: What about a house? I'm attached to my house. I love that I have a roof over my head. You have
1: a roof over your head, and it's not an extravagant house, Karen. You don't have an extravagant house. Your house is not huge. It's a small house. Right, but if and it's into... a gorgeous small house. If... I love your house. Am I being covetous? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just Clearly, there's nothing <laughs>
0: extravagant about
1: my house. It's, but it's a beautiful house. At all. But it's and right, it's, and
0: that has been a source of struggle for me over right. the years. Is accepting that
1: and, it's okay, right? And you should be, and right, it is okay. And and actually, I think that's your blessing. Your blessing is that Can you I don't have you, an extravagant huge that
0: house. house has proven itself to me as a blessing over and over and over mm-hmm. again. I mean, I fight it like a three year old kicking and screaming over the years, of of absolutely hating it and feeling bad about myself because it's not what others have and all these mm-hmm. but over and over and over God has just shown me what an amazing blessing that house has been and praise God yeah it's incredible that's and awesome the gratitude that I have for it mm-hmm. and there's been so many lessons in that yeah. that I know I'm exactly where I need to be in terms of shelter right now yeah but I still go back to thinking I'm too attached because if I had to give this up and live in a tent <laughs>
1: <laughs> I might then, jump off a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I get what you're saying. I think every all of us have, have that attachment. I mean, I'm attached to my house. I don't want to move. I don't,
0: because I hate moving. One. <laughs> when you have a lot of clutter, it's hard to move.
1: It, right. And when you have a lot of clutter, it's hard to move. And then, so that's two. And then, um, I, I mean, I, I, I I like my house. I mean, as far as a house goes, it's a roof over my head. It's what I need. It's not more than what I need. It's not less than what I need. I need to be content with yeah. what I have, yeah. and and discontent with the excess that I have, right. and and um, right. and act accordingly, and and um. Uh, I. Th- I I agree with, like, I love, I like having my phone. I like having my car. Um, but I remind myself when I get it, and every time I'm like, Lord, thank you for my car. I really like my car. Please don't let me be too. I, I'm, or I say, I'm not attached to my car. <laughs> I have to remind myself, I'm not attached to it. It's a good car, it it's meets my needs. And mm. yeah. So maybe it's more,
0: now that you're saying that, I'm not attached to my car car in as much as I don't care what I'm driving I guess I'm just attached or I really enjoy having transportation at my fingertips
1: and that's a blessing that really is a blessing to have I mean I think um is aside from having to put fuel in the car and having to pay insurance for it and you know there are I mean with every with With all material possessions we have, there's a responsibility. There's a responsibility that goes along with that. I mean, having a home, you have to take care of each individual item.
0: Requires effort
1: and attention. So imagine the more and more that you have, how much does your responsibility grow for those things, Mm -hmm. and and can become a burden. Like with my stuff, it's a burden to have so much stuff. It's and it's unnecessary, and and. How does it get in the way of my relationship with God, and and service? And it does. I mean, it's, um, people say, you know, a cluttered cluttered mind or cluttered 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 home is a cluttered mind, or cluttered life is a cluttered mind, which ma- makes it difficult to make decisions and. Mm. Um, So I I do find I struggle in those things, and it's very possible because of that. Well, I'm sure it's all connected. Right. So what
0: about on the other side of it? So I'm like the total opposite of you in that way. Absolutely, you're so minimalist. Constantly constantly purging. I cannot stand clutter in Mm -hmm. my home. Right. But almost it's it's too extreme. I think to the detriment of I can't be content in clutter or in excess. And, and I
1: don't think that's a bad thing.
0: You don't think that's a bad thing?
1: No. I'd, I'd rather be where you... I, I say that. I say I'd rather be where you are than where I am.
0: The clutter, like, it burdens my soul. I can and, and it feel it. And it It's so... The minute right. I remove unnecessary things... Right. I, I have stripped down our cupboard to, like... I don't know, maybe eight plates
1: total... And And how many do you need? Right. And, and what and how many at what time are you going to have more than eight guests? And if you are, are you gonna have paper plates? Paper plates. <laughs> right. I know, but um I and, don't know. and I can rationalize it in my head right now, but if you ask me to to strip my covers down to eight cups and eight plates and eight glasses or whatever. Mm-hmm. I would get really excited about it for about five minutes and then (laughs) we're so different in that way because it burdens me and
0: plagues me so much to have excess that I lose my mind and take it out on my family. And, Mm. and when I do clear things out, for example, you know, our kids were at camp and that for me every year is an opportunity to go through the rooms and just strip down all the excess stuff. It's so cleansing and so unbelievably satisfying yes, to do that. and I see that. But then I can become obsessed with it because mm. now I want that feeling over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so I'm getting rid of things that sometimes I think maybe I shouldn't be or my family gets upset with me because
1: I'm getting rid of things. So here's my thing, and this is, I'm talking to myself at the same time that I'm saying this, or that what do we have again we'll come back to the backpack thing if i could just put everything mm-hmm. in my backpack mm-hmm. and have nothing else what do we have that's that important that we need to keep i always when i when i'm finally ever able to let something go and drop it off at the place you know wherever that place is I don't need it. I have I have to say to myself, I don't need it. Someone else will be blessed by it. And I can't take it with me. Mm. Cause I go back to, this is not our home, <laughs> right? <laughs> and um, when I do leave this tent, this physical form of a body. <laughs> like, this meat suit. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yes! <laughs> when When I when I go to sleep in the Lord, mm-hmm. these things, these material possessions, can't. None of it can go with us. None of it can go with us. None of it. So, I mean, what? That's where I. That's where I have to draw the line. When I'm finally able to let something go, I I have to make peace and be content. With that mindset, that so when you're getting rid of stuff from your kids, your 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 family, and they're getting upset, it's like
0: it has generated a conversation. So, because I was trying to explain to my son, it's just an earthly earthly attachment. Mm-hmm. And We were at Costco yesterday with my oh mother. Oh my
1: gosh, yes!
0: <laughs> and I said something about, start oh, I know what it was. <laughs> they had these adorable, the softest oh. pillows you ever felt, d- designed for little kids' beds. Oh. And I'm holding it. Guess, and is it is squeezing one of the, it. like, the,
1: is it one of the, like no, pinking? no,
0: no. It's just, I've never seen this before. Okay, go ahead, sorry. And. <laughs> I was, I was saying to them, oh, I should get these. I should get these for my nieces. I love them. They're so, oh my gosh, yeah. they're so, soft. They're so right. soft. And he goes, it's just an earthly attachment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I said, you're right. And I, and I really didn't want it because I will do that. I will touch things and hold them and I will carry them around the store. Yeah. And then put them back. And I always put them back. See? I put them That's down because I don't really want it. I just love that instant that feeling feeling mm-hmm. of, ooh, ooh, right. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, uh, let me touch it. You react to the oxygen and the lighting and the... The lighting, yeah, exactly. The oxygen
1: being popped in, piped in. But as
0: <laughs> Matthew 6 tells us, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves yes. treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break and steal.
1: So I wanted to say your home has always been a beautiful place where you can entertain angels, right? And that being able to do that is the way you're going to store treasures in heaven. And so it's important to be able to let go of those things that are unnecessary so that you can do that. Yeah. So. But I still struggle with them.
0: <laughs> it's fun. It's ironic because I do give away and I don't like owning and possessing stuff. And that's okay. That's... But their struggle is still there sometimes. To hold stuff? Um, to want... Certain material things because I feel like I need to have it or everybody else has it and I'm somehow lacking and it's just something I constantly am I guess it pops up. Uh, Oh, you struggle
1: with that. Yeah, That that people have more right Yeah Yeah, I think we that's human nature but it's it's when you
0: compare the minute you start comparing Mm -hmm. and That's when I lose sight Right. Of what is really important and what I know to be true and what I want for myself Mm -hmm. and for my family. But, yeah, comparison, it just, it it leaves you with a sense of discontentment and a feeling of lacking. So as long as you don't compare, which we're not supposed to compare. Right. Then you can, I think, for me, I can, yeah. If I'm not comparing my material stuff, then... It's easier to stay in that proper headspace. Do you compare yourself?
1: Absolutely, you do all the time. All the uh, time. Uh, in in my head, I do, and I and I always have to check myself, correct myself, you know, and and say you know, but that's not needed. You know, the things I look at, the things I think are valuable or I'd like to have really aren't that important.
0: So how do we stay in a place of building our treasure in the right location? Like, how do you, how do you do it? How do you, Cause if somebody says, oh yeah, we, you know, you're supposed to do that, right? We know we're supposed <laughs> to build up our treasure in the right spot, which is not <laughs> on this earth. But how do you do that? What does that look like every day?
1: (laughs) Self-check. I don't know. Um, I don't know what that looks like every day. Get up. (laughs) Stumble. Fall. Pick yourself up. (laughs) Brush yourself off. Pray. (laughs) Repent. (laughs) And then don't do it again. (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) Which is... That sounds really nice. (laughs) But it's not (laughs) that easy. Oh, it is. Maybe it is. I just and I and I make it difficult. Um,
0: I don't know. Let's i us say there's a new Christian that comes to us and says, "I want to build up my treasure in heaven. How do I do that? How do I do that? Because I love shopping. <laughs> I'm a shopaholic, and I I can't do this on my own. And yeah, I you just guys. you know I, how, how do How do we do that every day? What What do you personally do? Daily, or okay. whatever frequency. So,
1: I literally have to make a list first of all of what if I am going shopping. So, if you if you know you are a shopaholic, um, or if you struggle with that issue, I think what I, I mean what I would do, I would make a list. See, this is what I need. This is what I am going in for. Um, and that's what I'm coming out with, (laughs) not anything extra. Um, then when I get to the door or when I pull into the parking spot, I have to say a prayer and say, God, you know what I need. You know what I want, (laughs) you know, and... I'm going into the store and I want to come out with only what's necessary. Only what's necessary. Please help me do that.
0: If I were listening to this podcast a few years Jesus. ago, I would be so frustrated because I would I would be thinking, give me the top five ways to accomplish not being attached to earthly things. And I would want a formula. Would, oh, my gosh. I want a formula right now. What do you mean? I would be looking for a formula. <laughs> I would be looking for the the checklist and the how-to. And so <clears throat> this, I think where we are spiritually, sometimes we talk in very vague-ish ways for someone that maybe mm. is new to our relationship with I Christ. I think
1: we're guilty of that. Possibly, and we
0: take a lot for granted. And I just I know the kind of person I am, and I would want a formula. And I would. So I would you don't be think that's straightforward,
1: though. That's not straightforward to say. Okay, this this is my formula for shopping. My formula for shopping is make your list and stick to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I mean, then that sounds to me it sounds like dismissive like that's it and and um, and and it doesn't work it doesn't work so that's what I'm saying if i pray with my list it does it does absolutely and pray in faith don't pray like oh, i'm just doing it <laughs> well, i mean i i believe if you pray believing that god is going to help I I would I pray believing that God is gonna help me and and it works. Um because I will buy stuff. Well I don't do it now because it's just not in the budget. <laughs> but when I didn't have a budget, I would buy whatever I thought I needed, whatever I thought was important as opposed to what. God was helping me to recognize that I needed, and they're two distinct things. What I thought I needed, without a list, I didn't walk in with a list. Well, you just walk in.
0: In that case, you're you're just susceptible to whatever tempts Mm -hmm. you.
1: Right. And I, I mean, informally in my head, I had a list, and you know, I'm not, I'm not. An excessive shopper.
0: Okay, but are but. we talking groceries here?
1: No. Or are we just
0: talking like you're going to go out with a friend, you're going to go shopping for the day?
1: <laughs> Not that there's a difference, but. <laughs> there is a difference going grocery shopping and going shopping <laughs> with a friend. I don't do that. <laughs>
0: All right, well, I'm going <laughs> to go you... back to being vague and say, and this is something that I. I've really been giving a lot of thought to recently. I think primarily because of the events I was at this weekend. Even before that, again, it always goes back to how amazing God's timing is. Mm. You know, you put something on your heart, and you're thinking about it, and then here I am in the experience, and now I'm reflecting on it. Yeah. And I can't, there is no, like, magic formula in terms of five rules to minimize your you know, wardrobe. There and is all that kind a- of stuff. But there is a formula to live the way we're supposed to. Right. And that is the being in the body of Christ. Submitting yourself and immersing yourself in every way True fact. in Christ. In right. the church, in mm-hmm. the faith, in the sacraments, in the daily prayer, in almsgiving, in fasting. That's the all moment. of that stuff, and when you dive in head first with everything you've got, right that's when these things and these attachments fall away, or you mm. have the strength and ability on behalf of God to get through the moments, the situations and the circumstances that you find yourself in that were mm-hmm. once major stumbling blocks mm. and are no more he he came to set the captives free. True. And he set me free from so many things that had such a stronghold on me for so many years. And so the only way to overcome my attachment to earthly things is to continue living the faith so darn
1: hardcore. Mm. So that was your formula.
0: That's the formula. And that's it. And that's the only answer and the only way. And participate. Stop sitting back and expecting to be spoon fed in your faith. <laughs> wake up take action get involved and pursue it True. with hunger and thirst that you have for nothing else that's the only way that we're going to overcome any of any attachments whether it's hmm. to material things or
1: that's otherwise
0: you don't agree with me
1: oh no I, our goal is to I, be I attached complete, to god I more than anything else in this world i completely agree with you i know that People are going to, I know that there are people who will struggle with that formula or that definition of formula. I struggled with it. Mm
0: -hmm. I struggle. I'm not saying it because, oh, I woke up one day and it was so easy. This has been years of coming to the place Mm -hmm. of realizing that this is my only option. Right. Years of struggling, denying, fighting, ignoring, not participating, minimizing, everything. To get to a place of, okay, how how long am I going to go on fighting it? The rest of my life? Do I really want to live the rest of my life fighting and battling all of the attachments, all the things that weigh me down, all the things that keep me in a state of depression and dissatisfaction? And I have that conversation with myself. Wake up and stop. <laughs> Honestly, do you want to go to your grave, an elderly woman, because I'm convinced I'm going to live to be 100? Lamenting over sorry. all these things and feeling like crap every day of your life? No, no,
1: oh my gosh, who wants to go on living in that? Who would want to go on living in that?
0: Well, apparently, I did for a really long time, but now did I you know want to. <laughs> I, I guess I didn't want to. Who knows? Do no. you want to? I don't know. Maybe no. part of you does want to. Uh, Maybe
1: part of you does what If it's all you've ever known, what you're used to, how would you know what's better? Then you try all these
0: things to break free of what you are attached to and what has attachment to you, and none of it works. You know, I have a friend who always tries to set herself up for a social situation where she won't drink too much. And mm-hmm. so she has this plan of I'm going to only drink X number of cocktails and it's only going to be this certain type of cocktail and it's only going to be after I've eaten a certain quantity of food, compromised of certain measure of fat grams and protein grams and you know what I mean? Oh, well, there's a formula. So there's this whole formula That's in place. Formula. The absolute best of intentions are in place hmm. and That's she is committed to that formula and that plan as a preventative measure from drinking too much. Right. Beyond what she wants. Um, And every time, you know what happens to that plan? (laughs) Can you guess where I'm going? (laughs) Why Mm. can she not uphold that plan? Why could I not uphold my plan for years to... Not eat certain things, not drink certain things, not speak a certain way. Why could I not do it? Try, try, try as you might. And you might have one good day, and you pat yourself on the back, and you feel so darn good, you got one good day. (laughs) well, guess what? Tomorrow, it comes crashing down. Why? Because it's all based on our own strength and our own will. True.
1: That's right.
0: Or we do what I discussed last time, which is you do this kind of, like, half walk with Jesus. You know... Mm. You just sort of dip your toe in a little bit or you invite him in. Sometimes. Right. The only way is full immersion. Full submission. Full submission. That's right. You need to be swimming <gasps> in a Excuse sea. Me. Bless you. Thank you. Of all things, I'm going to say it, orthodox.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Really. It's the only way out. And it's the path. It's to be freedom. fully in. Right? <laughs> the only way out is to be fully in. It's yes. so true. I want to close with a couple of scriptures. John 635 says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. In John 15, 5. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart, you can do nothing.
1: There you go. Amen.
0: Mic drop. (laughs) That's it. Let's close in prayer. There's nothing left to say. Our Father, Father who who art in heaven... Hallowed be, be thy name, thy, thy kingdom come, come, thy will be done, done. on yes. earth as it is in heaven. Give yes. us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead yes. us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Blessed
1: O God be thy for saints and fathers, to preach the Lamb of God, and like not to say, and are not translated to the eternal life that knows no hate. pray fervently to Him that He may grant us the forgiveness of our sins. Blessed are thou, O Lord, teach me thy spell.